0: Welcome. Thanks for listening. This is Episode 4, Part 2 of Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we are going to continue our conversation about dreams and the impact they have on our lives. If you haven't listened to Part 1 of this episode, it might be helpful to go back and listen to that one first. We cover a lot of material in that conversation that will serve as good background information to have while listening to this episode. I left in the first part of this recording to give you a better idea about the technical issues we were having in the last episode compared to this one. I guess it just wasn't a good time astrologically or energetically to be recording during part one because things went much more smoothly this time. Enjoy. It's always weird to turn on the microphone and then start hearing yourself. Talk. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, but today it sounds, like last time it sounded weird, but today it sounds normal.
0: Yeah, I think it was that cable. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know. It was, yeah. But I have, okay. Because the other one, I have to worry about it, and so I would always like check it. Remember the power cord wasn't working? Mm -hmm. The battery was about to die. So everything's fine now, and I can just like, we can just talk, and I don't have to worry about the screen anymore. But I'm going to turn my phone on silent.
1: Yeah, I did with mine already. Okay. So were you were you writing all your dreams down this week?
0: I, I wrote some of them down, yeah, uh-huh. my little because I didn't I couldn't remember very many. Yeah, you know, it was weird. I was actively saying like I please remember my dreams, you know, and then I wouldn't really remember any. I only remembered on two nights, I think. And um, it was a lot of stuff going on too, and in, in, just in our lives. So I was falling asleep tired, yeah, and then waking up early. So that always makes a difference because. I feel like when I get woken up um, by an alarm, Mm -hmm. I tend to not remember them because probably haven't reached that part of my sleep yet or something. Um, I don't know. But whenever I wake up naturally, that's when I have, you know, that's when I remember my dreams. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And if you don't have to like just jump into your day right away, if you have that little bit of time and space to kind of ease into the morning, then it's much more likely that you'll remember.
0: Exactly. And then I think my subconscious knows, like, he's going to get up and write this down right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, on a school day when I have to just get up and take Lumi to school and then later write it down, it's a little bit fuzzy.
1: So uh, on those days... Um, if uh you can even just tell crystal in the morning mm-hmm. like just the act of saying it you'll remember it so much better like if it's just locked in your brain and you didn't share it with anyone then oh. um it's easy to forget but yeah just get in the practice of like oh did did you have a dream last night yeah and this is what i dreamt last night and then um you'll find then even if you didn't get a chance till the evening time, you'll remember it after having oh, said it. And if a, you don't remember it, she'll remember it.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm uh-huh. going gonna, gonna to actually do that now. Every She's going to get sick of it. You know what's <laughs> funny is that she used to always tell me her dreams, and it was like a regular thing. She would tell me them a lot. Because she, I think, does remember hers a lot more often than I do. Because uh, I, I was trying to think, what was... There was a good one. Because remember, um, you said after we recorded last week you were like try to remember your dreams and, mm-hmm. and we'll do the experiment and the next day I was like oh, I'm, I, that night I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna run down and, and nothing I had nothing <laughs> when I woke up <laughs> so I
1: totally how did it go? I totally forgot to do the experiment like of like focusing yeah. on um meeting you and like pretending or imagining yeah. that I would have a dream about us doing the podcast. Mm-hmm totally didn't do it all
0: yeah i didn't do it okay so i guess we just (laughs) wasn't meant to happen
1: yeah (laughs) we didn't set a very strong intention (laughs) um but i did have that really i had a cool shared dream with my my childhood best friend and i've had that a few times specifically with her and it makes me think of how many times do we have shared dreams with other people but because we're in a culture where it's not normal for us to share dreams we never realize that we're sharing them and so what it was was i had this dream of my first boyfriend who um didn't you know high school so of course we're childish and immature and um you know your first love you fall really hard mm-hmm. you know and you're really naive or i was at least um and so i thought i was so in love with him and then You know he he did like this classic emotional abuser thing (laughs) where he you know kind of slowly cut me off you know he was very charming at first and then um sort of slowly cut me off from my friends and family kind of when we would go out in public he would be like you know oh who are you looking at why you know why aren't you focusing on me and and then me and my you know immature teenage state was like, oh, I have to show him more that I love him and give him all of my time and energy and attention, and you know, which I did. And then over time, he started just making me feel bad about, you know, putting me down and stuff like this. But then by then you're already kind of like in it thinking like, oh, I love him so much or whatever. Anyway, and then, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years of that, it finally, oh, and then he used to always um, accuse me of like, you know, cheating on him and I totally was so loyal and so forth. And then um, anyway, and then we break up and um, afterward I find out he was cheating on me all that time Uh, doing, and so that's, you know, that's classic now I can look at that and understand that. Anyway, um, and so I really don't ever think of this person. um, And I I remember that uh, I decided, I very consciously decided never again, no one's ever gonna treat me like that again. And really never, I never, Dated anyone like that again? So it was a valuable lesson, um, and I s- stopped thinking about him. I mean, that's from high school. So it was weird that I had a dream where um, he and I got back together. <laughs> and that's not somebody that I think about. You know, really don't. So I had this dream that he and I got back together, and then um, and then he started just treating me bad. And and then I but in the dream, I you know, I told him hey, this isn't going to work, you know, you know, I need someone who's a good communicator, who treats me well, whatever. And I walked away from that. And so I woke up, it was like a very empowering dream, you know, and um, uh, I woke up feeling good about that dream. But thinking it was weird, you know, because I hadn't thought of this person in a really long time. Anyway, and so I woke up from that. And then later in the day, my best friend from childhood, and we don't, we're not like, Constantly texting each other, you know, like we could have like a few months go by where we haven't been in communication at all um, But she texted me out of the blue and she said, oh my gosh I had this dream that you got, you know back together with him, you know, and it was so weird because like how likely is that, right? Um, that she why would she suddenly think of that, too? And um,
0: the, the odds seem impossible
1: and the crazy thing is that's not the only time that's happened. The other times it's been me dreaming about something. Tap. It's like, I feel like in that case, she tapped into my dream. <laughs> I okay, don't know. Yeah, you can't probably. really say who's yeah. who, but it's more likely that that was my dream, right? Because it was about my old relationship. Yeah. Um, but um, at least two distinctive times I can think of before, I tapped into her dream where it was stuff, um, I texted her you know, the next day and I said, oh, I had this dream, where are you? Blah, 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 blah. And she said, I was thinking about that last night. Not even necessarily her dream, but like her thoughts or consciousness, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, very, very specific things and uh, where we hadn't talked and you know, like one time I had this dream where she and I were out for a meal and then she suddenly starts like busting out in French. And I was like, I didn't know that she speaks French. And then I texted her the next day and she goes, oh, we're, um, Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you we're going to go on vacation to France and we're taking French lessons and I didn't I didn't have access to that. It wasn't like she posted it on social media or she hadn't told me I didn't have any outer access to that information. And there was yeah. no reason or way that I would have known that. Um, and so to me, it just shows how, you know, all of these layers of consciousness and how everything is interconnected. And we try to make this very specific separation, just like we do with body, mind, emotion, spirit. Um, We do that with waking consciousness and and dream consciousness, but they really merge and fold and blend together. And if we would allow it, you know, we could get a lot of value and valuable information through our dreams, but we just discard them as, oh, just a dream, whereas everything is really kind of overlapping. And um, in fact, I was thinking about Well, one, I was thinking about there's like these, you know, dreaming cultures in some of the indigenous um, cultures. Yeah. And um, how they take that information with dreams the same way that they perceive waking consciousness and um, don't necessarily see a division between that. And I remember reading these, the Seth books. I can't remember if I referred to these before, but there's um, early on my spiritual awakening, I, found or somebody had given me um one of these seth books seth was a being that was channeled by this woman Jane roberts i think like in the late 60s or seven early 70s something like this and and when i read those books like seth's amazing he's like brilliant and he had like like so much to offer and that was kind of one of the things that kind of inspired me that like well, I want my Seth. I want yeah. I want a spiritual guy. You know, I can ask questions and he you know, one of his books is like The Nature of Personal Reality. And I was like, Oh man, wouldn't it be cool to have access to this wise being who can explain um, reality to you? <laughs> and yes. you know, I guess that's gonna be, you know, that's a whole nother topic of you know we can talk about another time channeling and spirit guides. But um, anyway, so and Seth had proposed an experiment to Jane where um you could and I can't remember exactly but if she could schedule her time because she was a writer so she you know she had the freedom to schedule her time Um, instead of this like being up for 16 hours and then sleeping eight hours straight if you could split it up more you know equally um and then have some waking hours and then you know maybe three or four hours of sleep and then some waking hours and three or four and then there would be this better flow between waking and sleeping and then you could have more conscious awareness and um, lucidity in your dreams and I can't remember if she did it and I feel like I tried it for a little while. Um,
0: So Seth actually gave her that advice to do, to try mm -hmm, that. Okay. mm -hmm.
1: You should read these books. Seth has um, lots of really great, you know, consciousness experiments, you know. Um, But yeah, I thought about that in those cultures where waking and dreaming are equally valued. And um, in fact, and and some people will think, you know, this is crazy, but probably a lot of the things that we're going to talk about, people will think is crazy. But I do that a lot in my waking life the same way. That I work with symbolism in my dreams. I'll wake up, you know, and then,, um, like I had this recurring dream years ago when I was first, you know, so if we go back to this experience of, you know, my childhood of being first like having these temper tantrums and being very emotional, and then being sort of told that little girls that are very emotional will get taken away by trolls, <laughs> and then kind of shutting that down and going into my mind. and um and then, having this spiritual awakening and starting to open up to that again, around that time I would have these vivid dreams of uh, suddenly just being at the beach, turning around, and there's a tidal wave, this big you know tsunami, tidal wave, and then this fear, like, oh, my God, and then I would wake up. Wow. And that happened like a number of times. And, you know, if, if you read about some common symbols, water is uh, often emotions, right? So yeah, it was this like fear of like, oh, these overwhelming emotions coming, you know, and they're gonna, what's the tidal wave gonna do? It's gonna topple you over and like, oh, I can't, that's more than I can handle. And and then somewhere along the way, I had a, a dream where I was at the beach and then I turn around and there's this huge tidal wave but I just felt very peaceful and calm. And I've had these kinds of things before, like series of dreams, and um, where it gets to sort of like this, I'd call them healing dreams, right? It showed me um, where I was at at that point, and then later on it showed me, oh, okay, you've healed this, or you've worked through this, and there's a resolution um, and a closure um, to it.
0: Wow, I yeah. I don't have that kind of um, completeness, I guess, to my dreams. Yeah, I feel like that's probably something that you may have developed over time um, because by paying attention, I'm sure. And that's maybe all it takes, you know, to get to that place is just like, yeah, because I don't feel the completeness sometimes. It, it's rare, but yeah. And even last time when I was um, talking about the recurring dreams that I had, I, I went back and I in my mind. And I was trying to think like, what was it that I resolved, you know, there? And cause I, I, I know I did, I, something, you know, something, you know, went, came through and I learned the lesson and I moved on from that. That's why they don't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to think like consciously, what, what was that? What, pre, you know, what was the precise thing? I don't know that there is something like that, but Um, Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't really put my finger on it.
1: Yeah, sometimes it takes the dream, like I said, to come many times before you figure it out. And so what I was going to say after that was that, um, so in the same way that I would look at the dream and then try to figure it out and understand Mm -hmm. the symbolism, um, I do that in my waking life too. So like if this overflowing water, like so if the water's flooding into my condo or um the the plumbing it overflows and I'm thinking like, oh, are there emotions that are coming up that are overflowing or if it got blocked or um you know even things with my car, like at one point I kept repeatedly getting a flat tire in the same spot even though it wasn't from anything like where i was parking or i don't know so Mm -hmm. those kinds of things i look at them in the same way which to some people will seem crazy it's like oh none of that's connected but it really it's interesting when you do look at it that way how much everything reflects each other and it is interconnected
0: yeah i i completely agree with you i think that our lives are very much like our dreams where there is so much symbology and so much there, so much richness, you know, that if we took the time to pay attention and really think about it and work on it, um, it would become more obvious. It would become more clear. Whereas in dreams, you can do that, you know, and you tend to do that. You tend to look back at them and with that critical eye, you know. Yeah, because you, like you were saying earlier with the indigenous, you know, people who, take dreams very seriously like it is like just like the waking state really um, they have you know they use that symbology for healing and all kinds of things like it's super important to them I've had um, well you you mentioned that book even last time that's on my shelf it's called The Master of Lucid Dreams it's really a deceptive title it's not really about like how to do lucid dreaming or anything but they talk about there's a culture that they go to where the dreams are everything where the dreams are where you find the answers that you're looking for in life. And this, this lady goes through this whole journey of logging her dreams and paying attention to them and then bringing the dream into her, like you said, like her waking state and then trying to heal. Um, she's, she does something with psychotherapy and she's trying to heal not only herself, but her patients through the dream work. And it's really interesting. It's really fascinating. I would actually like to do that more for myself, you know?
1: Yeah, I like just, you know, the blending of the worlds. So, like, if you had a powerful dream, so writing it down is one way to bring it from the consciousness into, you know, a physical reality. Or if you're creative and, um, you know, you could paint an image from your dream or make a collage from your dream. And a lot of times I'll have my clients do that, my hypnosis clients. If you had like a powerful experience in the hypnosis session, um, you can anchor it in here in the physical reality by creating art or even just, you know, printing out a picture that reminds you of that, but bringing it into physical manifestation. Or even I've had clients like tattoo it on them something from from that experience whether it's in hypnosis or whether it's a powerful dream and that's kind of um bringing that
0: into manifestation wow i didn't know you did that for people like you told them to do that i have have they done that and then shown you what they produced? Yeah. I think that's fascinating. Yeah.
1: People people will text me images of the artwork or even oh. bring it in. Or like I yeah. said, even like show me the tattoo that they did oh, last cool. time, you know, after our session. Um, or some people just do it spontaneously. I didn't suggest it to them, yeah. but they do it. But yeah, so it's taken because otherwise, again, we keep this like separation. Like, oh, mm-hmm. that was a really cool experience. And then, okay, now I'll go back to my regular life. And like, we think like, oh, this is, regular life and that was cool experience but no they need to, to blend and so the more that we can kind of weave these these experiences in all these different states of consciousness whether it's in sleep or in hypnosis or meditation with our waking life then um, it can really anchor yeah. in and then and blossom
0: yeah because it's so true like our waking in our waking state we're just in another state of consciousness and all those things that are happening now here in the real world, like we're taking them so seriously and we, we would even go so far as to get a tattoo of something that we find really important in this state, right? Like, so if you took a trip to, um, you know, I don't know, Europe or something, and you saw something there. And so you came back home and you got a tattoo of it, right? So you, you had that really powerful experience in your waking state and you, you thought so much of it that you put this on yourself, but really this, this, the dream state you're you're in you're yourself still and it's an it's just another experience i mean you might be in a different state of consciousness but you're still experiencing that so i don't know why we put this separation there like it's not real you know because it's whatever happens in your mind is real it's real to you and i tried to um i i don't i don't try to do that but i have explained that to people when they when I try to tell them about my psychedelic experiences, like, yeah, it was real to me. You know, I was in a different state of consciousness, but everything that happened there was valid and serious to me. You know, I take it seriously. And, um, because a lot of those things, just like dreams, you bring back with you into your waking state. So it's almost like it happened in your waking state. So I don't know if this was actually a dream or if it was myself or something speaking to me as I was waking up because that happens a lot. I think we talked about that last time. So I was, I was having this dream. Now this part was a dream and I was in a, like a nice house and I was talking to someone about this house and I was like, Oh, this, look at this, you know, look at this aspect of this house. It's so well done, you know, cause I was admiring the work and the person I was talking to, I realized after I had said it was a priest and so then I changed how I was talking to him because all of a sudden I'm talking to a priest, you know? So I was like maybe I should be a little more respectful with this person. And so I noticed that I started talking to this guy like differently, you know? And then um, I was like, "Oh, look at that. There was like an animal or something that came into the house and, you know, I normally I would have said like, "Get it out of here," you know? <laughs> "What's it doing?" you know? And then but it, since it was a priest, I was like Oh, look at this animal what should we do you know (laughs) and and so I woke up so as I was waking up from that dream something said in my mind in my voice something said did you notice how you were talking to a priest and I said yes and then you know it was like this dialogue and then it said if you would talk to him that way and you don't even know him why do you talk to your daughter in the way that you talk to her and I was like, and it just like hit me so hard. I wanted to cry. I was like, this is like, who who is telling me this? Because they're like, into, they have intimate knowledge of what's happening in my mind and in my life. And um, yeah, I just thought like, that was a dream. And I brought that into my life. And it helped me a lot, you know, because I could see things from her point of view at that point, because I realized like, I'm talking to her as my mother used to talk to me, just not very nice, you know. And I didn't like it then, and I don't like myself for doing, and I don't like myself when I do it to her. You know, it's just like a reaction. I don't know if it's something from my childhood, but um, yeah, that was that was real, you know. And and I've had that same experience with um, with psychedelics. You know, some 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 part of myself that is not doing the right thing will become blatantly obvious. And I'll bring that back and be like, oh, I need to change this, you know. So I do think that people should um, should take careful note of what's happening, you know, not just in their waking state, but in all their states.
1: I wanted to cry when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you think that that was maybe your soul or your you know higher self, whatever you want to call it, that was saying that to you? Yeah,
0: I mm-hmm. think so. Yeah, I think it was... Um, I don't know, though. I It, it had this like otherly feeling mm, to it. Mm-hmm. So it, it might have been, it might not have been. I just thought it was interesting that they used a priest, you know, to, to make the point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing I thought of was because you said you don't like yourself when you talk that way is if you've worked on having love and compassion for you when you talk that way.
0: You know, I know I never have. that's probably at the core of it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah because like you said it's just a pattern that got passed on right Mm -hmm. that's the way that you were talking and I'm sure that's the way that your grandparents spoke to your parents who spoke to you that way Mm -hmm. and and on and on and on and so um, yeah that's how we break that cycle is you know not only do you stop talking to her that way but you stop berating yourself for talking to her that way
0: Yeah. You know, I, and it, I, I still do it. So I think the way to break it is you're right. It's probably to be kinder to myself where, you know, that probably is how I'm going to snap out of it. I -hmm. think. Yeah. Yep. Pretty sure that's it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't even know how I remembered that right now, but yeah, it just like came to me when you were saying all that stuff and, um, yeah, it made a lot of sense. But the other thing they mentioned in that book that I was talking about earlier is this idea that never really occurred to me before I read it in this book was um, how they go into the dream state to work on themselves, right, to, to get through their you know their traumas and their, their issues, kind of like, you know what happened to me right there. And they go into the dream with that intent. And they say the reason they do it in the dream is because your mind is in a different state where anything is possible in a dream, right? Mm -hmm. So they feel like it's much easier to fix yourself or work on these things because you're in a state where you know you can do it. Whereas when you're in your waking state, you don't believe it as much. You know, it takes more to convince you. And so that's why they do that. And I thought that was a really interesting concept.
1: Yeah, why don't more of us do that? It's a much safer stage to work through your stuff, right? Like I'm sure everybody's had that dream where, you know, you're supposed to give a talk and then you're naked or whatever, yeah. you know, one of those kind of embarrass- And then you wake up and you're like, oh, thank goodness, that was just a dream. Um, yeah, what if we just work through all of that stuff when we we're sleeping, wouldn't wouldn't that be smart? I mean, and that's kind of what I think of like when I do the hypnosis work because that's kind of what we're doing in this safe, protected space where nobody else has to see and know. We are addressing those things with that intention,
0: yeah, because I mean, isn't it isn't hypnosis very similar to dream state?
1: Yeah, although I do like to clarify because people come in and think that they're just gonna you know go to sleep and okay. <laughs> and then I'm gonna say my magic words and then they're gonna wake up and everything's gonna be better. Um, yes and no. I mean it's it's in between waking and sleeping, so um, conscious mind's still there. But it's like a volume knob that's turned down so it's not interfering so much and then sub depending on the kind of work that we're doing subconscious which would be our emotions and our beliefs we can turn that up and focus on that you know like the the part of you that talks to your daughter that way you know that's a subconscious part or if we're wanting to connect to our higher consciousness that's what i would call super consciousness and um anyway so we turn up You know sub or super super consciousness and we turn down conscious um mind but when we sleep conscious mind's totally off and so it's not like that conscious mind will still be there but just more subdued
0: (laughs) yeah that's you know that's really interesting it's like yeah it's like you said it's you're on like a like a scale there and you're just sliding the scale a little bit in one direction and um yeah, because when I remember doing the hypnosis with you, I was still myself, mm-hmm. but it was almost like a dream was happening at the same time, but I was able to kind of describe what was happening in that dream. And But do you ever have people that come in, and I know this is rare, but has this ever happened to you where a person does kind of go into a trance state and they don't remember the hypnosis session?
1: Yes. Um, like you said, it's rare. It's a small percentage of people, but um, it does happen. And they, they come out and they don't remember anything. Really? I mean, of course, I record everything and then they listen to it and they're surprised. You know, that's but that's somebody who can really because it requires a lot of trust to, to totally let go in this office, you know, with this stranger. But um, somebody who can really trust, relax, allow, let go can do that or somebody who has a lot of experience you know they meditate a lot or something and so they easily go into that state
0: oh wow okay yeah because i didn't know if you'd ever had that or seen that but mm-hmm. i had read about it somewhere where that was a possibility and i think it was from uh the the stuff i've read about channeling there's a lot of people who do channeling uh, not a lot i guess but some of the people who do channeling and i to me the i find it a little more reliable When they're just saying things unconsciously, (laughs) they're in a trance state and they're, you know, channeling whatever it is. And I don't know why, but to me, that seems more like it's more believable. I don't, and I, I know I'm not trying to doubt other people who can do this, but if someone's in a complete trance state and they're not remembering what they're saying, but all this information is coming through, where in the world is that coming from? It must be coming from somewhere.
1: yeah I get that um and so when I had my initial spiritual awakening um that happened to me or you know that that was something that I like I said I wanted my Seth and and that was um something that happened to me was to kind of I would because I was meditating four hours in a time or whatever and then after like maybe an hour of meditation I would get into a really deep state where stuff with information was channeling through me but what my spirit guide told me was um, that actually they didn't want me to keep practicing that way, that it's, um, I guess it's healthier, uh, it's better for us to to not like totally give our, move our consciousness out of the way and allow this other consciousness to step in, but you know to be able to um, just be in this relaxed, open, trusting state where you're still here rather than, you're yeah. not like really like vacating your body, but sort of. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, they kind of guided me to move out of that, to not to do that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause uh, from what I've read, that can be dangerous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we don't need, so, you know, in the same way we talked about having this like shared dream with my best friend, like um, there is, we have this, our consciousness is all connected, right? So we can um, sort of telepathically, connect to higher consciousness and receive that message we don't have to um leave our body to get that we can just tune in together and and receive the message you know the way that we are doing out loud with (laughs) our sound you can just do um inwardly with our um conscious
0: connection yeah 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 I, i totally agree do you want me should i get my little dream Log and see if there's something else in sure. there. Sure, or also,
1: because I can't remember. Do you
0: have one of yours with oh, you Oh, I no? mean,
1: no, I don't have one with me, but I certainly remember like a few pivotal dreams that really stuck with me, especially like um, before I was even on a spiritual path, but when I was in college, um, you know, I went through a difficult time, I told you after, you know, being assaulted and so forth, and um, being going in it kind of like a really just dark place inwardly, not really addressing, um, the emotions that had come up from that. And, um, and I did used to have these dreams and I think people have these dreams anyway, but like I was having them kind of recurringly where, you know, something's chasing you, there's something to be chasing me really sinister feeling. And then, um, I would find someone who seems safe police officer, and then suddenly he would turn and, and, oh my gosh, he's evil too. And then I would go into a church and um, think I found a priest and he's safe. Oh no, he's evil too. And so it was this thing where like, oh, no, we're safe. Um, You can't trust anyone. Anyone can turn on you in any moment. And that was kind of um, underlying feeling that I had after that experience, not you know before feeling very safe in the world and then suddenly realizing like just being afraid of like, oh, if I'm in an elevator and I'm by myself and then the door opens and then a man steps in and now there's just me and him, like this sudden fear of like, oh, at any moment, this person could turn and overtake me. And I never had that before. So I was having these dreams like that. And then I had this one dream where I was walking along like a road, like a very busy road and there's all these cars going by on the road, but I'm walking and it's like, I'm just weary and I'm exhausted. And I'm like, there's this feeling like everyone I know is driving along on the road, but I'm, I have to walk it. And I just, I like, you know, why, why do I have to walk it? And everybody's driving and I'm just so exhausted. And then, and then I notice along the right hand side of me, there's like, um, this, uh, uh, hedge this Mm -hmm. hedge that goes all along and um, I noticed the hedge and then out from the hedge pops someone you know and I don't I didn't remember what they look like or anything but it was this feeling of like oh, I'm not alone. Oh, you've, you've been there all the time. There was this, I don't even think they said anything, but there was maybe this just knowing that was transmitted like, you're not alone. I've always been here. You can't see me, but I'm here and I'm, I'm walking along with you. And, um, and now I look back and I, you know, either that was my soul or that was my guide. I feel like it was my guide. In fact, I think he might've told me that later. Um, Kind of like that, the, the footprints, you know, that you yeah. hear that story with mm-hmm. the footprints. And, um, yeah, and so that gave me so much comfort, so much comfort. And, um, yeah, that dream really stuck with me. And that was before I had this whole, you know, spiritual belief system. But now, like, I look back and I go, oh, yeah, you know, spirit was telling me, like, oh, you're not alone. It feels like you're separate. It feels like you're alone. It feels like you're doing everything the hard way. But, no, you're here. You're supported. And, you know. We're cheering you on from the sideline. You know, I think everybody can uh, relate to this, how powerfully a dream can change the way you feel. If you had a great dream like that, you wake up and you're just you're inspired and you're happy you know even though again like we're like oh well that wasn't real but it it's so powerful or if you had this like horrible dream and then you wake up and then just your day is horrible even though you know you're like oh that's not real but um Mm -hmm. yeah it's it had a, a powerful impact on me i it did it did give me a lot of comfort
0: yeah i i believe it because you're right. I, I remember now like having dreams where you're mad at somebody in the dream and then you wake up and you're mad at them in real life and they didn't even do anything, you know?
1: Isn't that funny when that happens? Yeah. And yeah, but... you're like, what do I do with that? Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You tell them. I, that's what I usually do.
1: I think it depends on, you know. The dream and the person well, right yeah, Like if it's, it's somebody not, that you don't know well and then yeah. in your dream they play this role you wouldn't you but no, you no, you work no, through no. the energy of it right yeah.
0: yeah yeah like yeah exactly like if it's someone you don't know very well you wouldn't say like hey you screwed me over in my dream <laughs> I'm really mad at you right now <laughs> <laughs> I think I told you and Jason this but not in a recording um <clears throat> where I was asleep and um I had been having nightmares. I have had them off on and off my whole life. And, um, for whatever reason, I was really, um, having going through a period where I was having more of them. And then, um, I started doing like more spiritual work and they went away. And then the, the only time I, one of the only times I've had them come back was when, um, I had been having some breakthroughs and things were working out for me in terms of like internally, And I felt like I was making some progress, you know, for myself and in my spiritual life. And um, then I was asleep one night and I woke up like uh, I was trying to wake up and I was extremely scared, just like full of fear. And I was trying to wake up and I couldn't and I couldn't move, but I could feel this something in my something was touching my chest right and I wanted to wake up to see what was touching my chest and because I felt it felt real like I felt like I was laying in bed asleep but I could feel and I knew I was asleep I don't know if you've ever had that experience but um, I'm feeling asleep and I'm feeling like I want to wake up but I can't and I feel like something's happening to me in the external world and I want to come out of my dream and wake up so I can see what's happening and that was a sensation I had and I was just like struggling really hard to wake up and like trying to scream, trying to make some kind of sound. And then I was able to like, I think Crystal touched my arm or something and that broke me out of it. And I woke up and right as I woke up, I don't know if I was still asleep or not, there was something standing over me and he was like working on my chest. Like he was doing something to my body. <laughs> on my chest and it was this really terrifying looking like alien like he had a big head and he had like a he he wasn't like a gray like a short gray but he had a big head like that but he had like a more of a, a human body it wasn't like built it was like a thinner body but it was muscular and he was like working on my chest and i have no idea what that was all about Yeah,
1: I mean, it's interesting because, you know, people that do talk about experience with aliens, some of them are um, seemingly benevolent and some of them not. And um, sometimes, you know, I just wonder, like, if just the fear of the, you know, maybe it was opening your heart chakra Mm -hmm. and doing something positive. But because it looks so foreign and, you know, different than what we expect you felt fear, but maybe it wasn't necessarily something negative.
0: Yeah, I I don't know because you of course know that I, you know, and I'll, I'll explain this. Is that I know that I have had like a closed off heart, right? Like my heart has been closed off, and I tend to uh to be like that with people close to me. You know, I. I'm working on that opening that you know and that that's happening a lot for me now as I'm opening my heart to people so I was aware of that during that time so yeah it could be my subconscious like telling me that hey we're working on you you know trying to get it open or something or maybe just bringing focus to that area you know and that's how it's like breaking through to me
1: you just reminded me of Yeah, I wrote it down as a dream, but I wasn't sure if I woke up in the middle of the night and I had this experience or if it was a dream that I had in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that there were like several faces of that were not human. (laughs) And they were really angular or maybe even said triangular. And at first I felt frightened because I like, I don't know, I woke up. I thought I woke up, but maybe it was a dream. I thought I woke up and I saw them around right in front of me around the bed and I got frightened and then I saw my spirit guide's face and he was smiling like oh it's okay and um and then um and then I woke up and um and I forgot about that for a long time and I don't know I I ran across it again in one of my old dream journals and then I was at this training spiritual training in Ecuador last year and one of the other attendees who does psychic work she's like oh there's these triangular beings um i just have to tell you that there's these three triangular beings i keep seeing around you (laughs) and i thought like oh wow that that i don't know i wonder if that's connected and um and so anyway sometimes i don't know still what all of that was but um just I remember that feeling of at first being really afraid because they looked what I would consider to be really ugly you know Mm -hmm. but then I got the message you know by seeing my spirit guides face that it was um it was okay and so I don't know maybe with yours it may or may not be something that you
0: yeah I don't know I mean sometimes I do feel like my fearful dreams are not actually intended to um make me fearful, but bring attention to something, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, that, it might, that might've been what's happening there. Yeah. Just, I was just like, cause you know, sometimes I'll have a fearful dream and I'll carry it, like you said, into the day and I'll be, you know, freaked out about it and thinking about it. But with that one, you know, it was, it was terrifying at the moment, but I didn't bring it with me into the day. So I think it was like, maybe just a way to tell me like, this is your focus area, you know? That's extreme. That's a bit extreme. <laughs> like You could just point at it, you know, in the dream.
1: You know, and I think we mentioned this a little bit last time, but, you know, the idea that a lot of things are happening while we're sleeping that we don't remember... And so, yeah, what if that happens every night? You just you just happen to, you know, like in, in the middle of surgery when people get anesthesia, but sometimes they wake up in the middle and they're not supposed to. And then it's like terrifying because you're, you woke up and you were supposed to have slept all the way. Like maybe that's what happened. Like maybe you were supposed to have been asleep, but somehow you came to in the middle of that. And maybe, but maybe it happens every night. <laughs> or does that creep you out? <laughs> oh <But. laughs> yeah, now I'm not creeped out, now. But isn't it, it interesting to think like, yeah, yeah, like don't people wonder like what is happening every mm-hmm. night, you know, how could, How do people not, I don't know. It's weird to me that people don't question these things more. Like what's happening at night, you know. It's just figure that, oh, my brain shuts off for eight hours. And then I come back to and go on with my day, blah, blah, blah. You know, what's funny
0: is I was just going to say that because that's how a lot of people describe it. Like this, like you just turn off for eight hours and then Mm -hmm. you turn back on. I don't think it's quite like that at all. You know, I think that's, you know. I think that's them trying to avoid what's really going on.
1: The same way that people think that about death, you know? Oh, and then just all your consciousness just shuts off and goes away. And it just never, it just doesn't make sense to me, you know?
0: Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. I think there's more evidence to prove the opposite, but people aren't willing to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything, you know, when I first started looking into anything mysterious, I would, when I, would originally approach the topic I would be like there's nothing here you know just because I didn't learn it in school or something or my friends and didn't, didn't tell me about it but then once I really researched it I'm like oh there's so much here I wonder why no one knows you know mm-hmm. it's like it's like that with a lot of topics really you you just have to try you know and um it's probably like that with dreams too I bet you there's a lot of interesting movies about dreams you mm-hmm. know where um oh I know what it was it was it's that series. It just it's on Netflix, but they're like taking all these kids and they're logging their dreams and they're trying to find like patterns to see if there's something happening and like I guess the superconscious or the uh, the mass consciousness to um, try to take advantage of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. so if something's about to happen, then they want to like be in the right position. I thought that was an interesting concept. I wonder what it would be like if we had a like a, a like a global dream database
1: i feel like maybe somebody I, we should google that i feel like somebody might have done that um really yeah probably yeah so. i feel like some yeah. people have you know but it doesn't mean that everybody's participating it'd be really cool if there's a great participation but yeah. um, i'm sure people have had that idea and put that on there and
0: yeah there's got to be like everybody's doing if you think of an idea somebody's probably yeah, already yeah every time that. i
1: think i have oh my god i have this amazing idea and then i look and like you know 1985 somebody did that
0: yeah
1: (laughs) also um have you seen the movie waking life do we talk about that already no i don't think so oh that's a great movie on dreams and consciousness um i forget his first name um Linklater, the one that's oh, from...
0: Richard Linklater. Yeah, Richard Linklater, oh, mm-hmm. you know,
1: Dazed and Confused mm-hmm. and so forth. He did this movie, Waking Life. Oh. And uh, I think he was the first person to do this where you film it and then you had, like, he had animators um, paint or animate it over. Um, and it has this, so it has this really cool, because he, he had different ones. So it has this cool kind of dreamlike quality to it where you see this main character and then you know, you're know you going through a scene and then he's having these like deep consciousness conversations with people, and then like suddenly like, he'll float up in the air and you'll realize, oh, he's dreaming. And so throughout the whole movie, he keeps having these different encounters and conversations with people, and you're never sure if he's awake or if he's dreaming. And um, yeah, one of the scenes that I like in there is where he's talking to this one guy and the guy is talking about how, you know, everybody has some dreams at one point, um, We're at work. And yeah. it's like, you know, you, you, they get you for eight hours in, during the day and then they get you at night for free. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, why? You know, so why wouldn't rather than just like having these dreams that you don't have any control over and you end up being at work and you're trying to like escape that, um why not, you know, become a lucid dreamer and have control over your dreams and utilize them in a way for healing or self-awareness or growth? Um, so, so yeah, I like right now I haven't been focusing on it, but when I do um, focus on lucid dreaming, it's really fun. It's really interesting to do, but it does require focused intention. You know, if you um choose that you're going to become lucid during your dream and you there's like they do things like reality checking like because if you make a habit of whatever you do during the day then it kind of crosses over into your subconscious and then into your dream and so you know like now people don't wear watches as much but like one of the reality checks could be uh to check your watch and then to ask yourself am i dreaming And the thing is, when you're dreaming, um, words and numbers are not very stable. And so if you try to read something in your dream, uh, it it doesn't stay stable very long. And so if you made that habit during your day of like every hour, I'm going to check and then I'm going to ask myself if I'm dreaming. And then you look at your watch and you hold it for a little while, keep looking. And if the numbers don't float away or move or get blurry, you're like, okay, I'm still in you know, waking consciousness. And then if they start to move, then you're like, oh, I'm dreaming.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I read about a similar concept where uh, they said every time you go through a door or you open a door, say, am I dreaming or something like that? Something mm-hmm. real similar to what you said. Yeah. And then that way, when you go through a door in your dream, you can say like, am I dreaming? And then you'll know like, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. But they're, they're, I like,
0: I think I like the numbers better because they're, they're not, then you have something to like gauge it by.
1: I get really frustrated when I woke up. Like a lot of times my consciousness is trying to tell me I'm dreaming and will do something like that. But, you know, it's funny how in your dream you'll make up some excuse like, oh, I guess my eyes are just really tired right now. or so, Even though your consciousness keeps trying to tell you and, and giving you like pushing you towards that. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. That. That that whole concept of lucid dreaming is really fascinating. I've only had that maybe one or two times in my life where I was totally in control of myself in my dream, and that's a pretty awesome feeling. Do you have that a lot?
1: Not lately, but I've certainly I have over my lifetime had Hmm. that a number of times, and especially like I said, if I'm um, choosing that as a conscious intention, Mm -hmm. it's like if I'm reading a book about lucid dreaming and I'm deciding that I want to focus on that. Then it definitely happens a lot more, and I think, like so many people, for me when I realize that I'm dreaming, I always just want to fly. <laughs> like I'm going to fly, oh, yeah. and it's so it feels so fun and freeing. Um, but it is interesting because I remember for some reason I just chose. I was like, okay, if I if I realize I'm dreaming, I'm going to go to China. That was like my thing, whatever <laughs> the wall, Great Wall of China or something. Um, But I never could make that happen. Even when I became lucid in my dream and I would say I'm gonna do that, always I would go and end up doing something else in it. Mm. So I didn't have like the mastery of that. Just mostly I could get to the point of just being aware that I'm dreaming, but not necessarily like masterful control of my dream. Yeah. But I, I, but I do remember one of my dreams, too. Like, I don't know. This is really interesting to do is um, if you become conscious in your dream is you start asking the other dream characters, um, hey, did you know you're a dream character? You're not really real. They'll always like, you know, talk you out of that, like how they are really real. And, you know, really? you know yeah, it's so oh. interesting. Like nobody will or they just won't even acknowledge that you said it. But it's kind of a fun game, but yeah, I haven't oh, done it for a long time.
0: If I ever break into that state, I'm <laughs> going to do that. Yeah. I, I think I uh, was a while back, I was reading a book about astral travel and mm-hmm. they were talking a lot about when you fall asleep to try to like roll out of your body or some, they have all these different techniques. But yeah. Uh, I
1: don't know if that, if do we want that to be its own topic or not? Uh, I, yeah,
0: probably. Okay. So, yeah. Cause, cause I
1: could um, talk to you about that technique. Um, for sure. Cause I, <clears> I've played around with that. Although there is this overlap because, um, did I tell you about the, the transportation dreams when I was having them a number in a row? And then, okay. I'm no. going to tell you that. So there was this one week and, um, I was having this same theme of a dream, but it was slightly different every night. And so like the first night it was like, I'm on a motorcycle and I'm riding really fast and it's really free and I feel, you know, exhilarated. And then suddenly it gets really unstable and shaky and I start to feel afraid, um, like I'm gonna fall off. And And then it smooths out and I feel fine. And then the next night, you know, I don't remember exactly what it was, but like, let's say I was I was on another fast transportation. Like maybe I was on a speedboat. I was on a speedboat. It's going really fast. I feel exhilarated and free. And then it starts to get really shaky, and I feel like I'm gonna, you know, something's gonna happen. And then it smooths out. And so this happened, you know. And then the next night, I don't know what it was, like a sports car, whatever. Um, so I noticed this pattern. Like that's the same feeling I keep having. It's the same theme, even though it's a different transportation. So next time, I told myself, next time that I find myself in really fast transportation and it starts to get really shaky, I'm going to tell myself, uh, you're dreaming. So I'm going up in a helicopter and then the helicopter starts to get really shaky. And I said, wait, I'm dreaming. And the coolest thing happened was that when I told myself, wait, I'm dreaming, that whole, all the imagery went away. Everything went away, and now I was just in my room floating above my body. Wow. There was my body. This was when I lived in Boston. Um, there was my body in the bed, and I realized, like, so this is this links back to the astral travel that you mentioned. Because when you study how to leave your body, how to astral travel, they talk about you know, you lay there, you Stop thinking or stop feeling your body. You calm your mind, you calm your emotions, and then you like patiently wait. And that's the really hard part is to not start thinking or, or whatnot, or move around. Um, You patiently wait, and then um, if you do that, uh, you'll get to what's called the vibrational state, and and then you feel this like really powerful vibration, and that's when you can exit your body. Um, And I did that, you know, a number of times. not fully successfully, but um, so I realized like, oh, that those dreams that I was having was me moving into the vibrational state, exiting my body. This is why I believe that we go to the astral realm every night, our consciousness leaves and goes to the astral realm, where like you were saying about the other person, what they said is that in the astral realm, um, everything's possible. Whatever Mm, we put out can instantly manifest. And this is where we can, play in the school of dreams and so yeah through that experience I was like oh okay so I'm leaving I think I'm leaving my body every night and that was my the way that my conscious mind tried to understand it is to create the story of being in this fast-moving transportation that gets shaky
0: wow so so then you had a whole experience after that I'm sure Like once you found yourself like above your body,
1: I don't know. I don't don't remember. I think you know. So the thing is, when you and you know, we can cover this more in depth in its own episode. But Mm -hmm. it's hard to maintain that state. If you get really excited, you find yourself back in your body, and I think that's probably what happened. I probably was like, "Whoa!" because my mind was blown because I realized, like, "Oh wow, I'm like every time I'm having these dreams, I'm actually leaving my body." So I think I, I think what happened was probably that I got really excited, and then when you get really excited, boom, you just land back wow. in your body. Same in the lucid dreams. If once you realize you're like, oh, I'm dreaming, I'm gonna fly, and you're like, wow, you get really excited, and mm-hmm. then boom, you're back in your mind. <laughs> you have to. It's it's interesting. You have to hold this space of 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 calm centeredness in order to maintain it. So usually they're very, you know, until you build your mastery up which i never got to
0: um they're really short experiences okay yeah because i always wondered about that and if people could maintain that for a long time and apparently some people can. some
1: people can and some people are just you know how some people are naturally psychic and Mm -hmm. some people are natural um astral travelers they don't need to learn any of these techniques it just happens to them regularly
0: yeah i'm sure yeah it's like that thing we were talking about there are so many people and so many variations of people that somebody can do anything, you know. It's yeah. like it's like that. Oh, by the way, I was reading, um, actually not reading, but listening to the audiobook of the uh, Autobiography of a Yogi. And he talks about all these different yogis that can do all these different special things. You know, because India is a, is a really unique place. Have you ever been there?
1: I am one of these strange people like people always think oh you're spiritual Mm -hmm. then um have you been to India you must want to go but I don't have a strong draw to India I know eventually I'll go there because I'm going to go to every country in the world because I'm a big you know enthusiast of travel um but I'm not really that drawn to going to India so no
0: yeah, I don't feel like it's one of the places that's high on my list to visit. But it is interesting to read about it and hear about it, you know, all the different people that are there because there's so many people there and they have such a different culture, you know, um because there is an aspect of their culture that's very spiritual. You know, and they they some people devote their whole lives to it and uh, a lot of people actually. And um yeah, I I can imagine that they've like they've got their whole you know, spiritual supermarket going over there, and the people that come out of it are probably making claims that maybe can happen or maybe don't. But oh, I
1: was going to say something about what, what you were saying, like um, just that now, as there, I think there's more and more people awakening all over the world. It is kind of um, buyer beware, and and that's a good thing, you know, on our path that we need to learn how to discern um, who to believe you know, not just to follow any guru that says anything. And um, when I did read that book, Autobiography of a Yogi, well, first of all, when I saw that book and I picked it up, I felt this energy rush through my arm and that was like, okay, I need to buy this book. Um, And then when I read it, my logical mind kept saying, that's crazy, that's not possible. But my inner voice knew or felt, you know, Like, no, he's speaking truth. It's just that inner knowing. Um, And so I love that. Like the more if you meditate and you connect within, there's this part of you that feels truth. And so it doesn't matter, you know, because our mind can like talk us out of or into, you know, lots of things. But there's this deeper part that just know. I always joke about that with quantum physics, like, oh, my left brain doesn't quite get it. I can't wrap my brain around it. But inwardly I know it it's true you know all time is now I know that's true I feel the truth of that and um, I felt the sincerity of Yogananda in his words and I knew that even though I can't fathom that you know these a lot of these things that he said that happened I just knew and trusted him and knew that he was speaking truth
0: yeah I feel the same way about him like there really is no reason for him to make these things up and I I do I feel like he's telling the truth I, th- I think it's a great book it's very entertaining I highly recommend it to anyone
1: I just really resonate with his energy it's very heart chakra energy and I think I told you before that I went when I lived in California and I went to you know the self so his organization is a self-realization fellowship mm-hmm. um, I went to several of the different properties that they owned um, one this called Lake Shrine um, when you're there when I was there um, I felt just so much just love just exuding from this space this land and I felt his energy there I felt this heart chakra energy and so that's an energy that I know resonate with and and trust and that's one of the reasons why I love working with energy so much because you know I'm always saying energy doesn't lie it doesn't you can't fake that vibration of love. And so that guides me a lot as far as what and who to trust and what not to trust.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. I've been finding that a lot and more in my own life where um I'm trying to work on trusting those feelings cuz you know, they're always there. It's just you just not tuning into them or you're not paying attention to them. And now I'm starting to wear more and more I'll go through my daily life and try to feel what's happening. And try to understand the energy of a situation or a person or even a place. And yeah, it's been pretty eye-opening for me, at least, because now that I'm, it's like a whole, like seeing the world through different eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've just had so many different. Like recently, I was just standing at the bus stop, and I was waiting for the bus and i could feel like the energy of the place you know i really hadn't had that experience before where i just opened myself up to you know feeling what it was like to be there and it felt totally different than i'd ever felt before and i don't know really how to explain it but it was this presence and it was like almost like the atmosphere was putting off something that i could. It was, uh, you know, to be honest with you, it was like if you walked into a garden and you could smell like all the, the plants growing, if you could have that like as a feeling, as a sensation in your body, mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. Like I walked into this space and I could feel it, you know, and it was just so different.
1: <laughs> I know. Isn't it interesting because like we're so focused on these five main outer senses and you know you think of like oh my gosh what would life be like if I suddenly went blind and how would I be able to navigate the world and yet to me this is like it's another sense this feeling and sensing energy that really helps me navigate the world and I think like oh there's all these other people that it's like if you were just to put a blindfold over your eyes and be like, oh, I don't need that or I don't believe in that and then no longer <laughs> see like, oh, what a shame, yeah. you know, you could have this other sense um, that could really help you navigate the world if you would open to it.
0: Yeah, it's really handy too. when I'm speaking to people or I'm about to speak to someone, I'm noticing how I'm feeling and it's giving me hints as not only about that person but about myself and what's happening inside of me energetically am I closing myself off now am I protecting myself or am I opening up to this person and being you know open and accepting and loving and that's just that real simple you know attention to that dynamic um, has made a pretty big difference in my life because sometimes I feel more comfortable now with my interactions with people, you know, whereas uh, you probably know, and most people who know me know that I'm more of an introvert in, in social situations. And, um, yeah, now I feel like I'm kind of starting to like shed that a little bit because, because of this understanding of what I'm feeling. And yeah, like you said, like why, I wonder why people don't, you know, try to, at least teach their kids about this and try to help them tune into that and so that it becomes a thing in our in our world more
1: well you have to first believe in it or at least you have to be open to it so that then you can experience it and then you can believe it so the problem is that people are like seeing is believing so they want to see the results first and then be open to it but it doesn't work like that energetically or spiritually you have to be willing to be open to it first to then have the experience of it and then believe it you know people aren't willing just to be open to experimenting or exploring these inner senses
0: yeah i think you're right it's it's like everything you have to have a first-hand account of it before you're going to take it on Mm -hmm. you know people just don't believe things blindly at this point you can see that we've drifted off topic a little bit we continued on and talked about some of the things that Tiana wants to do with her business. And then we ended up talking about a previous episode where I went to see Shannon, the astrologer, for a reading. And that's about where I'm going to pick back up on the conversation here. Yeah, because when, when I do get stuck and I uh, get stubborn, um, things don't work out well for me. You know, And that's probably the universe's way of saying, you're not doing what you came to do. Mm -hmm. or myself's way or something
1: well it's just you know um you get get out of alignment like if this is the higher energy of what you came in to do like you have free will to choose anything you want but if if you're over here it's just not going to feel that comfortable the more you get aligned with this the better it feels and so it's kind of a perfect process because as we start to get really uncomfortable we mm-hmm. naturally start to look for something to make us feel better and if if we're wise we'll go this way and align yeah. ourselves with that uh-huh. right
0: yeah it's like well i was telling you that before that quote quote the quote from quo that said uh you should be seeking out this discomfort That's why you're here you know that's why you came to earth is to um to work on these things you know and it's not comfortable to work on these things and I, I always love that and you know they have some really good ones and they're nice and short you know you don't have to go and read a book you know to like get the knowledge or get the you know the whatever's good from it but um they had one the other day that was like really timely for me because it was something where it said um some people like come into this life and they tend to look at others and feel like they're lacking something when they look at others, you know, and, um, you just need to stop right there whenever you do that and realize that with all your imperfections and with all the, you know, the the things that you think are not perfect about yourself, that you actually are your whole and perfect with those imperfections. And so you should go into the world confidently like that. And, um, Yeah, I just was like, yeah, you know, we should. You know, it's okay that we're not perfect. You know, we're not meant to be perfect.
1: (laughs) That's what makes us unique and special is our quirks. I think that Mm -hmm. we grow into that. Of course, when we're younger, we want to fit in and be like everyone else. I remember being so embarrassed that I had a Japanese middle name. But, you know, most Uh, everyone has english american Mm -hmm. names and then you know in high school graduation and they call out your full name and i was like dreading it and like so i don't it's so silly like why why you know now i like having you know a different name yeah but um it's funny like there's a certain age and stage of life where you're really wanting to fit in and be like everyone else and you really dislike all the things about you that are different and then you get to a point where you start to embrace and even celebrate the things Mm -hmm. that are different about you
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion In the next episode we're going to be talking about one of my all time favorite topics I don't want to give it away so you'll just have to trust me on this one but yeah be sure and join us because it's going to be really good and I'm going to finish this episode out by playing a song from Casey Henson it's called Ascension Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.